Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast <laughs> where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is... The author, <laughs> Sasha author. Black. <laughs> I feel like we can't say every single week now because we both, you know, missed a couple. So it's like, here with me most weeks, 99% of the weeks. 99% of the time this podcast is run by no mm-hmm. I think I think we're allowed to say that mm, I think I we're allowed to say that. feel like it's a lie I don't know lying to the people <laughs> but I'm back you are back hey I'm, buddy I I'm, have to say like I really feel like I haven't seen you in a really long time no um I, and I think it's because the summer holidays have killed both of us <laughs> because like obviously you've had time I've had time you've had time again like we've <laughs> had ki- we've had kiddos so we haven't done sprints as much so I would say it's been like almost two months since we've like regularly seen each other every day in the week yeah I'm kind of starving for some kind of consistency and I know that yeah. like you don't really get consistency in this kind of work but just to have mm. like a Monday to Friday where things are normal um because I went <laughs> normal. So, normal well so I I obviously went to the Lake District last week which was fucking beautiful it was really really fun um went camping we had like fires drank ciders we went on walks like it was just it was just a good week to get away and literally switch off from everything apart from a minor blip in which uh my mortgage person emailed me and I literally for about an hour thought that everything was falling through because he said everything was falling through. And then the minute I was like, I'm confirming the thing you said, he went, oh yeah, don't worry about it. I was like, well, thanks. Thanks for that. Cause that was literally on the Wednesday, like slap bang in the middle of the week. And I was like, okay, let me breathe again. Um, but I was saying to a friend yesterday, I feel like, so this is the first time I've fully taken a week away without my son since basically he was born. And I feel a little bit like this week I'm being punished for taking that week off because everything's suddenly catching up and I have him again this week so I'm trying to do all of the work around also being a dad and it just it's just such a dichotomy from last week in which it was literally just carefree just chill out like nothing touched to this week where it's like now you have to do all the things and by the way there are extra things that you've forgotten about that are also now catching up time-wise you've now got to do all those things so it's a bit of a like I wouldn't even say it's a weird week I just say it's like an exhausting week for me like I've I've my sleep hasn't been great but I've been sleeping long hours like, which just tells me that my body's exhausted mm-hmm. so welcome back Dan <laughs> uh, yeah I know that old chestnut of thinking you were gonna get a rest and a break mm-hmm. <laughs> don't think so buddy no um, how, how was your week <clears throat> well it's funny you say about the sleep I um have been struggling to go to sleep before about half past one uh, which is not great because <laughs> some twat decided to do a silent September thing. Oh, I'm week. so excited for this. No, I, I am not excited. <laughs> I have deep, deep regrets. 
and um, it regretting life decisions further because the school has decided to change the fucking school hours. So now instead of getting up at seven, doing seven till eight and then sorting my life out and sorting the kid out and then leaving for school, I'm going to have to get up at six to sort my life out and sort the kid out, um, then do the hour of writing. And basically, I do not cope well with six a.m. ever. Like it is the hour that kills me. I would rather get up at five than get up at six. I think it's because, you know, you have like these 90 minutes sleep cycles. I always (sighs) seem to be in the patch where if you wake up at that point, you feel horrific and it's always at six. That that six till seven sleep is like my best sleep. So I know what's going to happen at the end of this month. And I know you're going to be like, mindset meaning it. But um, 34 years in my body of experience tells me I'm going to be a fucking mess at the end of September because my body will not readjust. But anyway, um, yeah, sleep has... I think my body is doing that thing that you said in the NLA Patreon Q&A, the refusing to go to sleep reverse. Oh, revenge, bedtime procrastination. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's happening. Um, yeah. So just to explain for people, it's um, so it's something I've come across in the last year or so that seems to be popularised in psychology and, and going around at the minute. But yeah, revenge, bedtime procrastination is the idea that your days are so busy doing work for other people. And, you know, if you're a parent, obviously being a parent, that in your final window of relaxation, relaxation at night, if like, say, for example, me, my my kiddo will be sorted by eight o'clock. I normally go to bed about half nine, 10, but my body's been forcing me to stay awake because it's almost like an unconscious reclamation of time of like, well, I've had no time for myself today. So I'm going to claim this time now, but then that obviously goes into your sleep time, which then makes you more tired. So then the next day, you want to do it again and it becomes like a bit of a a burning cycle which isn't fun yeah so I have to say I have fear for next week I am afraid Mm. (laughs) of next are you going to bed earlier or attempting to yeah last night I was in the bath at like half past eight nine o'clock because here's here's a real here's a thing that you really have to keep in mind if you're going to try and get up earlier and do that earlier bedtime thing and not have revenge bedtime procrastination is just try and remember in the evenings that that time that you normally have for yourself, then you have moved to your beginning morning. You've chosen like that to be your reclamation as such. And you just have to, or I have to a, see it a bit differently. Because it's work. I'm getting up earlier to work. I'm not getting me time. I'm Which working. is the choice that you're making to do the thing. Yeah. Well, all I can say is thank fucking God I'm only doing it for a month because I cannot see me doing it mm. any longer after that. <laughs> I, I look forward to the, the final NLA that we record that month and just seeing where you're at. Yeah, yeah. And like seeing whether or not it's paid off. The other shitter is that... Because um, <laughs> there's never just one. <laughs> no, the, both the projects that I'm supposed to be doing, I'm completely stalled on. Um, so I'm supposed to be writing... Um, I'm supposed to be drafting, right? In, in that hour because I've got edits later on in the day. But the problem is, draw, I, I, I have come to a grinding halt on, on Scent of Death, which was a project that I was writing, um, because I can't make my mind up whether or not I can salvage this new character that I've created into YA, nope. or if I'm gonna have to make it adult. Well, I, so it's funny you say that, 
it's funny you say that because the more I've been thinking about this, the more I'm like, I don't actually know. Because think about Skins, the TV show. How mm-hmm. fucking outrageous was that TV show? Think, of, and I've got Jeff Adams to thank for that um, prompt. And mm-hmm. and what about Sex Education, the Netflix show? That's outrageous. What like, age was um, about- End of the Fucking World? Have you seen that? Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, I have. That was fantastic. Don't know, like maybe a 15, I feel like it mm. was. I'll have to have a look. Skins um, are 12. I, I don't know. Why are you just skins? Yeah, because that was like it, sex, but it drugs, was rock teenage and roll for pre- kids. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was teenage. So I don't know whether or not it is too much. Anyway, Jeff, thank you, Jeff. Very thank much you, Jeff. appreciate it. Has um, given me a couple of books uh, to read uh probably much to my wife's horror that I've brought more books but yeah so I've got two books arriving tomorrow and he's said to read them because he thinks they're you know sort of on the line um so I'm gonna read those and then make a decision but but um I I need to do it quickly because obviously (laughs) I'm meant to be drafting next week Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically yeah anyway I haven't really answered your question in summary how was my week (laughs) hashtag weird week don't know it was all right whoop, whoop. for people yeah, on the podcast I mean, is holding up his weird week t-shirt i haven't had which kid here. also we've had quite a few sales of the weird week t-shirt this week so i don't know who you guys are but if you do have yours or when they come through which should be in the next week or so probably uh send us a picture we love to see people in the merch so yeah yeah fun. nice okay so what's something that you've enjoyed this week oh shit what I forget the oh shall I go um, while you think yeah so number one the Lake District like I'd never been before and it did not let me down in any way on expectations so we went to Scaffold Pike which is the largest peak in the Lake District um we climbed halfway up because that fuck is huge <laughs> it's absolutely massive but you're you as you climb up it you're surrounded by basically a bowl of mountains which is amazing and you look up and it's kind of like um are you familiar with in lord of the rings uh Emine mule the sort of rocky place that frodo and sam first encounter gollum you've seen the films right yeah so it's no, kind of like i've seen two of them i haven't seen the last one yeah well imagine those I kind know. of rocks but very high up and yeah it's just surrounded by a layer of clouds you can't even see the peak you can just see like these sort of like demonic rocks up there i, ha- I have actually been to uh, scarfell pike have and i have yeah i have yeah and i only also got halfway up yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. like we, we we went up and we were like this mountain doesn't seem to want to end <laughs> no. like, it's still, like why are we and you look back down here and you're like it doesn't seem like the car park's that far away no, because as you're climbing up, you can see basically flat through this valley to where the car park and this sort of pub yeah. is, and it never seems to get any further. But then when you're walking oh. back, it takes like two hours before you're there. Yeah, yeah. But, and that bit between the car park and the first incline is about 4,000 miles yeah. long. It's at least like, like a mile That's the bit that kills half. you. Yeah. yeah. And, we were, and it's we not were... smooth ground either. It's like exhausting ground to walk on. Yeah, because we were climbing up and um, we'd left it quite late in the day because we just had like a, a chill morning thing. And we were passing people on the way back down and we're like, oh, is it is it far to the top? And we thought we were at least halfway in this group. We're just like, yeah, you're probably about a quarter of the way there. And we were like, they must just walk really slow. And then we yeah. went up and we kept walking past the next party. And they were like, oh, is it much further to the top? Oh, you're probably about yeah. a quarter. But we've been walking for an hour. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so yeah we went, it is like scaffold pike was lush and i want to go back and definitely conquer that at some point uh went to windermere which is just a 18 kilometer long lake i love and windermere. yeah yeah and on one side it's a really sort of quaint lakeside town which is all cobblestone and, and really cute little shops and things and on the other side is all your walks and your sort of nature parts and hit both sides it was just lush and then on the final day went to a, a place called Rydal which has uh, a cave it has a waterfall it has Rydal Manor which is this really sort of like big old manor estate not the prettiest manor I've been to I'll be honest like its front is all really like just old and not really cared for um but yeah so the Lake District and also, this isn't so much a thing that I'm enjoying, but it's just something that I've decided this week that I'm making a public declaration on because um, I just want to and I feel like it's quite a big thing for me. Um, I've decided this week that I'm not buying any more paperbacks in books. and I'm going to read all of my books on ebook because except there is an um, exception to that books that friends have published because I want them on my shelf. And most of those I get signed anyway um, and my own books. And most of that's just off the kind of kickback of like, I'm doing a bunch of stuff in the background with um, like raising money for Worldlands Trust. And I'm trying to like do more to help with climate change from like my little pedestal. And I was watching, I rewatched that David Attenborough documentary, um, A Life on Our Planet. And it was just one of those things where I was watching it. And I was like, I don't, I can't on my side, just keep buying paperbacks when I'm trying to like raise money to stop like forests getting chopped down. And I understand that obviously I'm not like judging people that do buy paperbacks, but just from my side, I'm switching to ebooks and that's going to be something that I do from now on. So there you go, public declaration. And if you can hear my son in the background, he's being very loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And I have a lot of respect for that. I will never do that. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am also um, looking at upgrading my Kindle just as a to make it much. Yeah. Harder. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I love the idea of ebooks and I have to say when I was at uni and that first period after uni and when I first got back into reading books after having you know been at uni reading journals for god knows how long I was an ebook reader prolific ebook reader but um the more I read non-fiction the more I read books that I am trying to deconstruct and like you know I I I I just can't do it I just you know I wrote write so many notes you know I actually write in my books I know it's really mm. bad but I don't care and I it's just how my brain and also I'm on computers all day long I just can't do it but um yeah I, I started um taking pictures of pages now I've got like a way to categorize them through my Google photos, where if I find like a particular passage I like, I take a picture and then I've got like an album where I store those particular things so I can reference them later. Mm. Seems to work for me. Do you, how do you label them? Cause I tried to do that for a while. And then I was like, I don't know what book this is from. I don't know what. I take a picture of the there. cover and then as I'm reading yeah. through the book, I then do it. So, cause obviously they store chronologically on albums. So then I've got oh, like that, book cover cool. separators as I go through. Yeah, I would love to read more ebooks, but I hate it and I just like having. Don't get me wrong, like I definitely hand. prefer a paperback. Um, yeah. But yeah, just from, from my side, that's just where I'm going now. Yeah, I um, I have a lot of respect for that, I have to say. Yeah. Which sucks because I've got like five boxes of books I'm going to be unpacking and that might just be like my final lot of books. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I just, yeah, yeah. Like, are you going to keep them all or are you going to like yeah, keep I think them so. away over time? I think so. I think um, also the other caveat is 
secondhand books I don't mind buying because obviously they're already published and out there, but I just don't want to buy and encourage all like new book sales. <laughs> Did you as an author just hear yourself say that? You don't want to encourage new books? Well, sales. no, like genuinely, I had a moment in which I was like, <laughs> do I go down the route of only making my books available on ebook to stand behind no, that message? I... And then I was like, no, I need to feed my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like potentially yeah. in the future, you know, once all of my books are like skyrocketing, I'll just be like, nah, ebook now, done. Um, but now I, I can't at this point sort of financially do that. Yeah, yeah. Please yeah, buy all my paperbacks. I, no, don't get them. Yeah, on ebook. <laughs> no, I um, I yeah, I I I yeah. Anyway, what's your thing uh, you enjoyed? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> I read um, Life in a Fishbowl by Len Vlalos or Vlahos, something like that. And um, oh my God, was it dark? Um, it was about a guy who has a brain tumor, and so he just and but he doesn't want to leave his family penniless, so he sells his life to a TV show, and like it, and his life becomes like this reality TV show, and um, like some of the characters are like complete caricatures, like that, but it's done so well and everybody's so extreme that actually it just becomes funny Hmm. um you know so like there was some really dark dark humor I don't mean dark scary I mean dark humor things that were very close to the bone um that I found hilarious but when I then went and read a lot of the reviews I was like oh (laughs) this is why humor can either like fall flat or like people because I like was crying with laughter because (laughs) I have a dark sense of humor and so you know like and it was little things like there was a nun in there called sister Benedict Joan sister BJ like you know yeah so like there was stuff in there like things like that that I was just like (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah so I really and what it and I think it inspired the new character that Ah. I created yeah and I'll tell you why. It reminded me that the thing I like doing most of all is making people laugh. That is actually what I like doing. I love making people laugh. And um, that's what I do in my nonfiction. I try to make learning funny. And I, and, and I have been t- saying to you of, around the fiction, you know, it, the fiction that I've got so far doesn't really match me or my brand it's just what came out when I was you know so um I think that I have to move my fiction into humor because I am so much more comfortable writing humor than I am writing anything else and um yeah so I don't know I just feel like there's a bit of a shift inside me and even if I keep the scent of death as a young adult I think it's going to be much more like dark humor and yeah it it was just it 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 was a reminder like the book the plot wasn't even I don't know like it wasn't a five-star read it was just one of those books that made me stop and go oh fuck Hmm. you know and made me have a bit of a realization so yeah I don't I don't know I'm in a it I I really enjoyed it for that realization and that kind of epiphany and the thoughts that it's made me have 
Hmm. I mean, I from what little I know of your fiction, I I'd agree with that. That's where I should be going, isn't it? Or mm-hmm. I should be going down that quirky, weird humor. You know, whether it's contemporary or it's it's fantasy. You know, if yeah, I it's a whole conversation and a whole mm-hmm. thing is shifting inside me. Um, <clears throat> but I can honestly say I don't think I will ever write another series like Keepers. I think I am going in a different direction now. Nice. Let's not um, analyse what I want readers to fill with horror. <laughs> um, where are we? Weekly Confessional. So first of all, thank you very much, Caitlin Duncan, for coming on the show and filling in for me and Busted. spending an hour in my shoes. Thank you very much. Um, yep. Caitlin said she will publish her book. She did. And she launched her book yesterday. We're recording on she Friday. Did. It came out on Thursday. So congratulations, Caitlin, on your first ever self-published book. That's huge. Whoop, whoop. It is huge. I have to say I'm very proud of her. And I genuinely, like, regardless of the fact that she's a really good friend of mine, the book is fucking brilliant. It is. Um, and I, have and it, yes. I actually learned stuff from it. <clears throat> and I just thought it was fantastic. So I, it, I, it's one of those books that really deserves to do well. Mm-hmm. so yeah I hope yeah. it does I think it's because I think um some people might be looking at it and thinking well I've not sold rights to yeah. my books but I yeah. don't it, it's not just for people that have it's definitely for people who maybe don't quite understand mm-hmm. what selling your rights means or is interested in pursuing the more traditional route there's like yeah. cautionary tales but there's also good information there on things that you should la- look out for so definitely yeah. just check it out and it'll kind of like help you understand that side of things more and I'm also going to be yeah. cheeky and use it as I level up this week so bam yes <laughs> um and Sasha will work on tray edits yeah so I did about 5,000 words of edits nice. and yeah I mean I like I'm trying not to beat myself up and just be like look you're almost 11k into the edits now and that is progress um but also I kind of expect it to be significantly further through if not having completed it by now um but there are some considerable uh, additions and rewrites needed and uh, obviously I mentioned last week the brainstorm with JP um and I had to do a secondary brainstorm this week uh so I've got like a bazillion post-its up there um and I um yeah I I'm still fighting myself a little bit um also, I'm feeling like my inspiration tank is a bit empty. So I'm really hoping that binge reading over the weekend and stuff mm. will um, enable me to <clears throat> be ready to word a bit more next week. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of did edits and like thinking, brainstorming work. Mm. I definitely found that um, my nonfiction reading has halted now since I've been working on When Winter Comes. And because uh, I've got the launch of that and like an anthology stuff that's coming up in the next few weeks. I've also, I'm still just reading fiction because I feel like I have to feed the fire as I'm doing the thing. So yeah. Yeah. It, I do that as well. And I also am trying to get through the bloody uh, rebel author stories. Yeah. I had, I had 50 in my pile to read. So my, and the, the other judge had, I don't know about the same anyway. And um, <clears throat> I'm I've still I'm, I'm trying to get through them, but um, I, I think I underestimated how long it takes to read them. Um, so, yeah, I'm like trying desperately hard to get through them in the next week. Mm. I'm still definitely keen on um, an episode on anthologies because I think there's so much we could talk about. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I've um, so much. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting being on this side and just how apparent it is. When's yours launching? 
so the omens call will launch on the 1st of october although that's not widely public it's okay. fine <laughs> but yeah it's coming out on the 1st of october we've got some launch stuff over the next few weeks coming out so what about if we do it in December, like one of the like Christmas bonus episodes, because um, mm-hmm. I should be well into launch, looking at launch, hopefully. Well, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, the decisions will be done by the end of September. It will be edited in October and then it'll probably go to an editor in November. So I'll probably leave December and publish it in January. Nice. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. Uh, no new patrons this week, but thank you to everyone who joined our Patreon live Q&A on Wednesday this week. And our next one is on September the 22nd. Um, oh and if you God, want to... That was only Wednesday. I know, it was like two days ago. Fuck. This week is like fully just gut punch. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who wants to get involved, basically get more from the show, get early access to episodes, get all the live Q&As and whatnot, um, then head over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors. I'm just gonna keep driving that point <laughs> sasha what's your notice for this week what are you plugging um, um <laughs> i will plug wait no this will be over by then um just my books or my consult let's do consultancy if you have a problem if you have a publishing question if you're stuck if you um would like to a session strategizing uh your marketing plan or your publishing direction or multiple streams of income uh you would like a one-to-one power hour on consultancy then you can get that from me uh by visiting my website sashablack.co.uk and then going to the shop and scrolling down perfect i'm very excited for mine this week i am putting up all this stuff for people to register for my nanorimo bootcamp for 2021 so the full page won't be live but what i am doing is putting up a um, form that you can fill in so just if you're interested in joining my group this year and basically i will be dragging people from start to finish and nanorimo um first of november we'll dig in our heels we're going to try and smash that fifty thousand words by the end of november then go over to danielwilcox.com and in the help for writers tab there'll be the nano bootcamp there or i'll probably just make a short link of danielwilcox.com slash bootcamp um but yeah it's no commitment at this point it's just a register your interest and i'll be getting all the information up in the next few weeks i would like to add that your bootcamps are awesome and the text uh, support and and nudging and things are all fantastic so yeah you should yeah. check that out well just I, i'm oh sorry i, I was, was just, just gonna, gonna say i <laughs> you go you go <laughs> you go darling you go darling mm. i was just so um the thing that i'm most proudest of is I, I think i looked up the uh national completion of nano stats last year and it was around 15 20 percent and within the group itself we managed to get a 78 percent success rate of people who hit the 50,000 so that was pretty huge for me and for everyone else obviously awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah I'm hoping I will be back to drafting non-fiction by then but who knows I think well, I might have too lofty of a goal I given that I've got uh, to edit a book and write one before then <laughs> yeah I potentially will be working on three books during that now <laughs> which uh yeah co-writing a book uh looking at my non-fic and also ghostwriting so november and could potentially be moving in that month who knows it's fine uh, i think you'll have moved before then I if you haven't so. moved before then you haven't made a nuisance of yourself enough mm-hmm. 
yes, I've got some badge in my solicitors later. Fun, fun, fun. Um, so level ups, Caitlin Duncan launched your first self pub. Freaking congratulations. I hope it's doing all that you wanted it to do. Um, she did say she was having a fancy schmancy dinner to celebrate last night. So hopefully that was lush. And just a reminder for people, the Level Up Challenge ends at the end of September, which is about five weeks away, which is terrifying because I said I'm going to launch the thing and I have significant work to put into the thing to make it launch worthy. So keep an eye out for that. glad that I didn't really do much of a thing this time because I just knew that this quarter was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the summer holidays is such a, a kicker and just you made a derailer. A mistake. I tried to tell you. <laughs> I, I did, but also at the same time, I'm kind of glad because I do feel like there's a certain level of hesitation of launching the thing because I really, I like, I quality-wise, I really want it to be um, what I need it to be. But also I'm in that kind of cycle of, it just also needs to be out there so it can then grow yeah. because like anything you has to just, you have to just get started and then yeah. build it from there. The thing, <laughs> but yeah, for anyone who uh, successfully has completed their challenge by the end of September, you'll be entered into a draw to win one of three prizes. Number one, a 30 minute call with myself and Sasha. Number two, a hardback copy of my self-publishing blueprint. And number three, a copy of Sasha Black's 10 steps to hero workbook. Last week's comments. Uh, there weren't really many comments. There was one from Arabelle on uh, Patreon that said, lovely to see Caitlin on the show. I've just started watching her channel as well. I would consider going hybrid, yes. I will definitely be indie publishing my first book series and prefer the freedom that comes with it. I might sell foreign rights if I get uh, popular enough. I would also consider entering the query trenches in another genre, non-science fiction and fantasy, if I was proud, uh, but not as possessive over the production of the book. Yeah, I think it's very sort of... um thinkative question last week very very specific but i do also think that hopefully all that all that knowledge was very 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 valuable for people because it's something that i will neither of us really have that much experience in yeah yeah okay mm. this week's question are you ready are you strapped in okay okay describe your perfect working day He says on the cusp of silent fucking September. <laughs> okay, so does that mean that our life is our life right now, or is this in a hypothetical? If if obviously with the components of what your life is, so obviously you're going to have restraints of like you know school care and all that kind of thing. But what in the if you were to have a day where you were like, oh, that was such a good working day. What would that look like time-wise, specifically the things you're working on? Not necessarily like right now working on this particular project, but say it was like X amount of time dedicated to writing, some to marketing. Like how would you structure and compose your perfect working day? Well, my work perfect working day would be at least 30 hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Just imagine that everything goes right exactly as you want it to. Yeah, I mean, I feel a bit guilty answering this question because I can't have my perfect working day because I have to do the school run. And I don't, I'm not saying I don't, in answering this, I'm not saying... Disclaimer. 
yeah that do you know I'm just I yeah that, that I just need to disclaim because I can't have my perfect working day and um much as I would love a perfect working day I wouldn't change what I have if that makes sense so I would probably um get up and to the desk for about eight o'clock I quite like eight o'clock um I would work in a sprint group until 10 o'clock on words, I think. <clears throat> uh, preferably one that was a bit stricter than some of the ones that I'm in. So I would, you know, I think probably 30 minute sprints with five very strict five minute chats um, and then 30 minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, five minutes. So quarter past 10, whatever. Um, so I'd like to do two hours of um, drafting. Um, and then I would probably do a half an hour transition task. And then um, it depends, because obviously like at the minute I'm also editing. So, I mean, I would like the afternoon. Well, so if it's 10 o'clock, yeah, I would like my words to be done by like 10 o'clock, I think. That is an ideal world for me. Um, and then the rest of the day is kind of whatever, really. Um, if I'm also editing, then I would do editing next. And then in the afternoon, I would um, do other projects, be they creating courses, because I've now decided what my next course is. Um, yeah. Um, or they would be doing audio. Um, I would like to work out straight after work mm -hmm. um, because I'm really affected by endorphins. And if I work out late, so even when I go to the second class at Taekwondo, like the senior class, which is what the one I should be going to as opposed to the kids class of Atlas, um, I don't sleep very well. It takes me ages to go to sleep because I'm so full of endorphins. So I would prefer to do my workout straight after work. But unfortunately, that's when I have to make dinner mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for everybody. So, um, yeah. And then and then that's probably it. I would like to not have to do podcasts in the evening. I'm honest but you know people don't live in the same time zone so That's yeah and then I would... podcasting yeah yeah it is that is the only bitch I love podcasting apart from that um yeah and I suppose that's it really because that is the working day I mean you know like occasionally it would be nice to be able to go to a coffee shop and know that I'm going to be able to write but I find it really difficult and I find it almost more distracting to go somewhere new because there's all the stuff and the things and I find mm -hmm. it harder to zone out um but I really enjoy working in coffee shops so like in an ideal world I might do that a couple of times a week uh if my brain would allow me to focus um yeah so I think that's probably it really I have really found that um I really need sprint groups um mm. especially like especially in the morning less so in the afternoon because i've had enough coffee to wake up Momentum, yeah but, 
Yeah, but I find in the morning when I am tired, which is always, um, I'm very unfocused and distractible and um, I will procrastinate unless I have that structure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say that is my ideal. And and a lot of my sprint groups don't start. And well, so obviously when we sprint, we sprint earlier, but obviously we haven't done that for like two months. So, and I've really struggled. so the Kate often comes at 10 and then I go on to the office, Becca Symes office yeah. um, after that. But the bit where I need it is in the morning, which is one of the reasons I've started Silent September. Um, mm. I don't know if I'm going to, again, I'm not committing to that after September. But. Yeah, because that's sort of, obviously it's around um, kitty care, but that is a big leap, isn't it, from like eight to six? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it was seven to six. So I was going to get up at 10 to 7. No, but I mean, when you're setting sort of sprint groups for accountability from 8, but then obviously in order to accommodate for the next week or so around Atlas, they have to start at 6 because of his school. 6? I'm not yeah. getting up at 6. No. I thought you said your... Oh, wait. I thought you said earlier your sprint things were going to be starting at 6 for signing September. No. They're starting at 7. I have to get up at 6. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Because there's not enough time to get myself dressed and ready and get him dressed and ready after the sprint before we I'm have with to you. leave. I thought they were so starting to, at six. No, okay. so I have to get up and get myself ready. So I at least be, thanks for the post, I will <laughs> at least be um, a bit more, you know, um, less zombie-like. Ready, yeah. 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 I find it really interesting that you say in new spaces there's all the shiny things to distract you because for me it goes the other way where I'm like (laughs) because it's a new space and I don't really know how the dynamics work in like that cafe or you know wherever it is I tend to just get my laptop and just zone in because I'm like just ignore everyone else and do the thing (laughs) oh no I yeah I find that I just want to look at everything and I don't want to talk to anybody but I just want to look at all of the things and look at people and look at listen to what people are saying and yeah yeah I just find it wildly distracting but I think it's because I'm very like I get overstimulated by that kind of environment whereas here I am not stimulated by anything because it's the same old shit that there's always here, and what, you know. So. Yeah, this is slightly um, tangential as well, but I, on, when is it? On Monday this week, I'm dropping off um, the boy quite early uh, off in Lincoln. And because I'm going to be up there anyway, I'm going to go to some of my old haunts and just sit in a couple of cafes that I've not been to for about a year. Oh, nice. Which is I love be nice that. For me. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and what I'm also hearing from your morning sprint half an hour things is that we need to change how we structure our sprints yeah because towards the end of them I was finding that uh, we were chatting a lot more than we were working and that also doesn't work for me um Caitlin gave me this fantastic um advice and it's gonna now it's gonna be everybody yeah it's a visual timer and it has actually been helping like a lot that's weirdly satisfying isn't it so for people who can't see um it's sorry (laughs) it's a clock um uh, just like a little square clock and you turn a dial and it it makes like this as many minutes as you want red it's sort of like a bit of plastic that goes round in a circle and um it's a visual prompt of how much time is left and I found that has been helpful to me and my focus to try and bring me in in the mornings. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, with um, 
those kind of sprints because with the boot camps obviously i run uh, a few times a week if that's 20 minute sprints like seven minute breaks because that seems to work for the people involved and you know there is an element of q a and chatting in there as well um but i do find that if i do that on top of our sprints which are like 20 minutes that 20 minutes never quite feels like enough in theirs or in, in... ours uh, so i feel like yeah. i kind of want more of that like deep just uninterrupted because yeah, also yeah. then yeah um yeah i don't think 20 minutes is quite enough for me um in becca symes they do hour-long sprints and that's too long for me because yeah. i get distracted um mm-hmm. but i think something between yeah i think about 30 minutes is about right because at about 25 minutes my focus starts to to wane mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I yeah i agree yeah. but so- i almost feel like you don't count because we haven't done sprints with me for so long <laughs> They'll be back from Tuesday next week. Because also, still so, around, so. Well, the week after. Um, but yeah, so for me, and also if there's a weird like bubbly noise in the background, it's because I haven't yet fed my fish and they are ravenously just jumping out of the water. <laughs> oh quite a, one of them is quite big and it's very aggressive. It used to be gold, now it's turning silver. That's strange. Um, so. To answer the question on my side, I think it kind of, I don't know, is is my answer. I think the reason I ask this is because um, I've been trying to figure it. And essentially for me, I know there are a few factors that have ultimately disturbed what my perfect set of my writing day is. Because I used to be very, very stringent. When I was in the day job and I was in my previous relationship, there were certain pockets of time that were just mine. So I claimed them. Like I, I used to do, like sometimes it was a half five, sometimes it was a six. And I'd get that first hour, six or seven smash out i don't know 1500 2000 words and then you just feel ready for the day because it's like done um not done because there's always more work to do but like to have achieved the thing that you want to do that early was just like a very big driving force for me and then i moved into my own place and obviously the flexibility of what you could and couldn't do um changed like i was still getting up early but just not as early because i was beginning to prioritize sleep a bit more so i could you know, feel a bit more rested and not get burned out so often. And then pandemic, <laughs> homeschooling, quarantining, all that kind of stuff. Um, then out of the quarantine and then back into it and then moved house. So I'm obviously now living with my parents. And I'm finding now there's a real block. Like, so my parents have a caravan along the, the British coast that they go to on weekends. And I find that when they go to there for a week, my personal writing habits are different to when they're here and I can't figure out I, I kind of can but at the same time I don't want to admit that that's the thing because it seems like such a stupid thing in my head so like when they're not here it's like the time is mine no one's watching me so I can do the things that I want to do when I want to do them but my parents have very sort of like strict schedules on when they get up and when my dad works and when they do certain things and I feel like if I'm not in somewhat adhering to similar schedules I'm being judged for not doing the work if that makes sense like it feels like I don't know almost like I have to prove something but I, I obviously don't because I'm getting the work done and my work is just different to everything they do so I find it really strange like Bailey's been here all week and yeah there have been a few late nights but I haven't once gotten up early and like he's woken me up every morning because there's also that thing of like the minute I open my door I fear that I'm going to wake him and then the day's going to start with him on me and I don't know this is I, I feel like my big hope is that when I move into my new place 
when, not if, it's happening, mortgage approved. That should be one of the things I enjoyed this week. I got that letter saying my mortgage is approved. Um, but I hope and feel that because it's my own space and it's my own confines and my own rebuilding, I'm going to be able to do the things that I want to do. And then here comes the crux because I'm torn. Because I and being careful what I'm saying, um, I will be getting back into podcasting. And as we've said earlier, sometimes that means evening work is inevitable. So I'm being very careful about how I structure my evenings so that I don't overload. Because if I then do early mornings again, and I'm on calls until 9, 10 in the evening, that really fucks with my sleep. And I either have to build my life around a way in which I accept that that's just a thing and I find a way to accommodate that morning sort of entry. Or I just accept that that's part of it and then just roll. Because basically, so this is a roundabout way. Obviously, I've been thinking about this a lot. This is a roundabout way of saying like the times in which I felt most productive were when I was up at like half five, six. I was in town in a cafe from six writing. I would have all my words done by nine, 10 o'clock. Um, and then I'd have the rest of the day free to work on whatever I wanted to. And I feel like I want to get back to that because number one, coffee in the morning is great. No one's up. Like you're just getting the thing done. And by the time that 10 o'clock hits, I'm literally like everything else is just fun for me. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want to get to a point in which I'm sacrificing sleep again. So it's, juggling that because my, my perfect writing day is getting the words done in the morning and working towards a project hopefully of mine and not just always goes writing clients and then in the afternoon it's having fun with like planning with stra- strategy with like ideation with design um all the kind of like newsletter and bits and pieces of sort of thinking more broadly and to be fair and i'm just going on like a full ramble here but like the brainstorms kicked in like I, I am aware that when we met in February, March time, whenever it was, we did like our strategy day, like a lot of our discussion was about finishing the things and I'm still in the tail end of finishing the things. So it's still a lot to catch up on. Um, as people can probably tell from like the board, if you're watching on YouTube, but yeah, I kind of, I really, I'm missing those hardcore slots in which I can sit down for an hour and just think about a thing. Mm. because at the minute it's all go 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 like I've got two launches in the next six or seven weeks um and I've obviously got to like do all the tactical stuff for that I've got yeah I've got a lot to do so I think for me to answer the question and just bring around some kind of summary for me it's up at like awake at quarter to six getting those words in and then definitely squeezing in a run at some point in the day or some kind of like walk or exercise, definitely a hundred percent planning and just a bit of headspace. Cause I've also found that me and Meg Jolly have been uh, meditation accountability partners for like maybe, I don't know, like four weeks now, um, four or five weeks. And then we both went away last week um, at the same time and that's broken. And I don't know if part of that's like affecting me now because I haven't done any meditation this week and my head's just been scrambled. So yeah, right, <laughs> right. Exercise, meditate, coffee, fun things in the afternoon. So you said something very interesting. 
that has, I think, given me a bit of a realisation. One of the things that Becca Sign talks about um, is that people who are high strategic, you are not. Uh, people who are high strategic <laughs> are, 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 are pressure prompted. So um, what that means is that I need a certain amount of pressure in order to be able to focus and get on with um delivering and I've had two weeks without Atlas here and I feel less productive than when he's at school and I know I only have six hours yeah and that's interesting to me so I that that just that's interesting to me because I was like I should be at the end of this week where I've because he's literally been at my mum's now since Monday uh and he was at my mum's by 10 o'clock on Monday. And so I feel like I should. And although I've done a lot of things that I needed to, like mentally in terms of um, like I've done a lot of mental heavy lifting over the last couple of weeks. Um, I haven't had the output that I would have done if we were in a normal routine of like school and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it goes to show that actually what we think our ideal days, because I would choose being highly productive in a short amount of time than I would having eons of time and having a week like I did this Mm -hmm. week where I don't feel like I was that productive. Um, So yeah, like I don't, you know, I might have said, you know, or getting to work at eight and blah, blah, blah is ideal, but actually what is ideal is me producing work in whatever guise that looks like yeah um so i definitely find oh god you finished sorry i was just gonna say becca's got a um strategic intensive next week and i wasn't gonna do it but i feel like maybe i should (laughs) just because like Mm. i don't know we'll see well yeah i definitely feel like i know that i can output two thousand words in an hour like fairly standard if i sit down just do the work and make it happen i also know what my word counts are per day um that i need to achieve to hit certain deadlines but i do find like pretty much like you just said if i then have an entire day to do the thing those two thousand words can take me four hours and it was at the time in which i was much more strict with that morning like hour two hours because i'd be like i just want to get my say 4,000 words done in two and a half hours. I just want it done. So I'd sit down and do it. And then the rest of the day was free. And I haven't done a lot of that for a while. And it's, it's Parkinson's Parkinson's law. The amount of time it takes to do a task is dictated by how much time you give it. Don't think it's Parkinson's, but I know what you mean. I'm going to be Googling that while we talk. Um, But yeah, so just that notion of giving yourself those boundaries is incredibly helpful because Otherwise, you just sit back. It's the same reason that, like, some of my meetings at work, if I gave them 15 minutes to do the meeting, we'd get just as much done as if I gave people, like, an hour to do the meeting because people then chat and whatnot. So, yeah, I used to do stand-ups that were, like, 15 minutes long. I used to message people back just, they'd book in my calendar an hour meeting and I'd be like... No. No. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I am just Googling this now because it's going to annoy me. time two two eight uh well this is interesting for everybody um it always shocks me that your strategic isn't higher it like yours is in your never box is it 28 for you like mm-hmm. that's not going to be a thing for you Parkinson's law. really yep 
I swear it was called something else. Now my laptop's screaming because I dared to open an internet browser. <laughs> um, yeah, go on. Yeah, cool. No, that's it, really. You. Okay, so the question for everyone this week is describe your perfect working day in detail. Oh, wow, computer, Jesus. In detail, I want times, I want places, <laughs> I want just, I don't. Just give us like a roundabout view of uh, what your perfect working day looks like. Sasha, how are you leveling up your business this week? Um, by taking it slightly easy on myself next week because my son is going into year three, Ooh. which means he no longer gets free school meals. So um, the organization is going to be, yeah. And it's, there's like, he's now wearing shirts and ties. So there's like ironing and school shit. And uh, then there's like, I think there's a school, I don't know. Anyway, there's quite a lot going on next week. So um, the first thing I'm going to do is be a little bit easy on myself. The second thing is do silent September. Um, And I think maybe that will be it because um like i am not gonna open that can of worms that's it i'm gonna go easy on myself because it's the first week back to school and we've got a lot more organization this this school year and uh i'm gonna do silent september's beautiful okay uh i'm going to have all the uh nano bootcamp registration stuff opened um, and that will be at danielwilcox.com forward slash bootcamp. And uh, I'm also in the throes of finishing all of the scheduling and planning for my two upcoming launches. So when winter comes, it's going to be launching. And the Omen call is going to be launching, um, edited by myself and Julie Heiner. And I think I'm going to leave it at that for this week because that's a lot of brain processing and actual like scheduling and reaching out to people and, and contacts like i've started assembling my arc team or rallying my arc team i've got to handle like a load of emails for that as well but yeah that's that's where i'll leave it beautiful well thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next week bye 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 hungry for more if you enjoyed this podcast you can hear more of my angelic accent and dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts for more of me check out the great writer share podcast for more of me listen to the rebel author podcast we'll be back next week holding each other to account as dan and sasha become next level authors lustrous it's going you are one massive ginger bumblebee. I don't want it anymore, Sasha. I don't want it. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I don't want you to have it anymore either. It's not flattering. <laughs> it's really not. You need to like hurry up and lose the uh, centimeters so you can get rid of it.